The Shade of Death Falls Over Me, a Hannibal fanfic, written and read by Dr. Fumbles McStupid, with the rating explicit, archive warnings, graphic depictions of violence, relationship Will Graham Hannibal Lecter, additional tags, case fic, alternate universe fantasy, murder, canon typical violence. This came to me in a dream the other night. Alternate universe urban fantasy, sort of? Like, ghosts are a thing and so is magic, but, like, no vampires or werewolves. Murder husbands. Summary. When someone dies, they leave behind a shadow of themselves, an impression that wanders the area until their business is completed and they dissipate into the ether. Everybody knows about unnamed shadows. They are a fact of everyday life. Most people avoid them and go about their business. Possessions are whispered about and a thing to be feared, unless your name is Will Graham. From a young age, Will has been able to connect with the Shades in ways others can't. Now, as an adult, he uses that ability to help solve murders. The Lonely Hearts killer has struck again, and everyone is scrambling to find him. But is this something more than your usual serial killing? Will has an inkling that there might be something occult to these murders. Will has enough on his plate with consulting with the FBI and trying to keep the way he connects with the unnamed shadows a secret. But unfortunately for him, Hannibal smells blood in the water and knows he is hiding something. Chapter 1 The shades always lingered around their bodies after they died. Will disliked the title Unnamed Spirit. They were alive once. They had names. People think they don't retain anything after they cease living, but Will knew better. The crime scene in front of him was brutal. There was a woman laid out on a gravestone, dressed in a formal dress. The bodice hugged her body, and the skirt flared out in waves of champagne-colored chiffon. The whole thing was stained with blood, droplets on the skirt, and big swaths of it on the bodice where it was cut open over her chest. Will didn't have to look to know her heart was missing. This was the second body they'd found like this. The media had dubbed their man the Lonely Hearts Killer, and they had whipped everyone up into a storm. "'Clear the scene!' Jack yelled. He's snappier than usual. Will suspected pressure on him from the top. Once everyone left, Jack turned to Will. "'It's on you now, Will,' he said before he left, too. Will grimaced. Jack thought too much of him. Thought he caught killers with some special magic. The fact that if Jack knew exactly how he did it, he would think so even more disquiets him. Will's eyes turned to the shade that was standing still above the deceased woman, and he held out a hand invitingly. Everyone knew that shades could possess a human for short periods of time but for most, it was considered a disquieting experience. They walked through a shade, and for a few moments they felt impressions of the shade's emotions. The emotions varied, but there was always the feeling of confusion and being lost. It's not a pleasant experience. Most people wouldn't welcome a shade into them on purpose. Will Graham was not most people. The shade was particularly vibrant. It's black, spectacularly vivid. Some scholars speculated that the stronger their feelings at the time of death, the stronger they were and the longer they stayed on this plane. The shade lifted its own hand and walked towards Will. Its legs passed through everything in its way. It scared some people that shades lost all distinctive features when they died, leaving nothing but the shape of what they once were. Will almost found it comforting, the thought that when you died you became one of the masses, unnoticed with nothing unique about you to single you out. The shade's hand touched Will's, and started to overlap his. And soon it was standing in him, its essence mingling with his. 
Will closed his eyes as emotions and sensations hit him. Fear, confusion, and longing flew around him in a whirlwind battering his mind. An instinctual flash of panic filled him, and his instinct was to push it out, to reject the shade from his body. He pushed it down and delved deeper, finding a gossamer strand that he wound around himself to connect them on a deeper level. It shone a pulsing gold as he reached for it, and suddenly he was there. He was tied to a chair, sobbing as someone caressed his cheek. They whispered something lovingly to him, but he could not understand what they said, his panic making things indistinct. His head is forced up to look at himself in a full-body mirror. The killer was next to him, dressed just as fine as he was, in a black suit. After all, it is your wedding day, his mind provided. The memory faded and another took its place. The killer was nothing but a shadow as well. Shades didn't remember what it was to be human, and their essence only knew what they are now, left with only small memories of life. But their clothes, their feelings that rolled off of them, that Will could work with. Will's breathing was ragged as an all-consuming terror took over him. His captor was angry, so angry. He hit him across the face twice as more tears fell. The makeup his captor so lovingly applied was ruined. Will fought through the fear and tried to take in everything he could. The room was small, no windows, possibly underground. The walls bare except for a lone photo he could see out of the corner of his eye. Will immediately took notice of it, but his body did not turn to take it in. When he looked down, crying and gasping, and the dim lighting, he could just see something drawn on the floor. He only got to see it for a moment before the killer lifted his head, pulled out a knife, and slit his throat, and things faded out. Will gasped as he was brought back to the present. The air shimmered as the shade of their victim dissipated. Will fell to the ground into a kneeling position, just keeping himself from falling flat with his hands below him. He was shaking. He counted his breaths until he had some semblance of control back. He fell back onto his bottom and ran his hands through his hair. He didn't have much more than what he got from the first crime scene. Jack wouldn't be happy. He took a moment and looked at all the shades lingering in the graveyard. Most people avoided them if they could, but Will found them comforting. It was a place he could come and have no one there, but still not be truly alone. They were calming, if not a little overwhelming. He gave himself a few moments to take it in. Amongst the shades of humans mingled the balls of shadows of shades of animals, who didn't retain enough of themselves to even keep their shape. They faded faster than humans. Will's stomach clenched at the thought that his dogs might someday fade into this, and then nothing. With a deep breath, Will stood and walked over to the victim. When the autopsy came back from the first victim, it was confirmed that their heart was removed after death. It's the same here. Will can only pray it stays that way. Reliving it would be unpleasant. He picked up a corner of the dress and let it drop. The fabric looked fine, but it's most likely synthetic. Something cheap. Will didn't go to prom, but he heard the girls talking about dress shopping, and even the less fancy ones would put a dent in your wallet. The killer had money, or a connection to a dress shop, Will thought wryly. He imagined Jack Crawford busting into David's bridal with his gun brandished, as he startled the women there picking out their overpriced wedding dresses. He lifted the dress, and just like the last one, she was barefoot. Will wondered if it was practicality. The stress was long enough to cover the feet. The killer didn't need it to complete his aesthetic. Or if it was part of his plan. The drawing on the floor came to mind again. It tugged at him. The lines of it seemed familiar. The last victim never looked down. He doesn't know if it was there for that kill as well. Will's stomach sunk. 
They don't have enough here to catch him. They would have to wait for another body to drop. They needed more information. He walked back to where the patrol cars were and called out. Jack turned to face him and said, Well? I didn't get much. He's careful. There's not enough there to see him. Jack scowled and opened his mouth, but before he could say anything, Will continued. There's longing there, though. He's looking for something. Something he needs. What? Dressing a woman up for her wedding and killing her isn't filling his needs? Jack barked. If he isn't getting what he wants, he's just going to escalate. What does he need, Will? He said the last part as if Will should already know, as if he could somehow pull answers about the killer from the ether. In some respects, it was true. But he didn't have a mystical connection to the killers, just the victims. That, and a too active imagination. I don't know what you want me to tell you, Jack. His design isn't clear yet. We need another body, Will said finally. Jack squared his shoulders and he jutted his jaw out. It's your job to stop the bodies from dropping, Will. He always did this. He made it seem like Will was the only person between the psychopaths and their victims. He liked to place everything squarely on his shoulders. Will laughed humorlessly. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, Jack, but it's your job, too. Will left Quantico with hunched shoulders and a headache. Jack had reamed him out for his comment. It was never worth it to get the last word with him, but it always felt so good in the moment that Will forgot. He popped an aspirin and swallowed it dry, then dug into his other coat pocket for his car keys. He turned on his headlights and left the parking lot. It was properly dark out. Jack had kept him there long after his normal workday would have been done. Will turned on the radio for something to listen to and immediately tuned it out. As he drove through the city, he looked at the shadows of people on the street intermixed with the occasional shadow of one who was lost. There were shades everywhere in the city. You couldn't walk a block without seeing one. What was calming in the graveyard simply became nauseating and nerve-wracking in the city. The knowledge that people might see and know. Know he was different. Know that he was the little boy who spent his time talking with the unnamed spirits. When people found out, it never ended well. It was empty in the house. His dad told him that his mother had left them. His dad had to work a lot, so after school Miss Billings would pick him up and walk him home. He would hold her wrinkled hand and walk slowly so she could keep up. She made cookies and shared them with him, and she would talk to him and let him watch TV until his dad came home. Some days she played games with him like Monopoly or Clue. But today she said she was tired, and so she went to lay down in her room. She had been sleeping a really long time, and Will was getting hungry. He knew she was old and needed her rest, but Will really, really wanted a sandwich, so he went into the room to wake her up. He saw it from the corner of his eye when he walked in. It was an unnamed spirit, except he knew what her name was. Will started to cry. Miss Billings was gone. Dead. She wouldn't be able to walk him home from school or read to him ever again. As he cried, the spirit walked closer to him until it was right in front of him. It reached a hand out, and Will took a shuddering breath and held his tears back as best he could. Miss Billings? The hand reached out further, and Will stood up on trembling legs and reached back. At the tender age of seven, Will didn't know about possessions. He didn't know much of anything about shades at all. So when the shadow overtook him, covering him in inky, ethereal blackness, he wasn't worried. He felt comforted. He felt care and tenderness, and he reached out trying to grasp more. 
That was when he saw the luminous string for the first time, and with clumsy hands he grasped it, pulling it to him with all his might. He saw snippets of a young girl running in a field, falling down and laughing. Hands clasped with another young girl. Two teenagers gossiping behind the bleachers. Two young women in the woods at night sharing a kiss. Two women growing up together, living together, loving together, like his mom and dad would have if his mom hadn't left them. Then they were older, and Will could tell that one of them was Miss Billings. Then the other woman was gone, and Miss Billings was sad. A sense of longing came over him, along with the impression that he wanted to be with the other woman desperately. Just as a hand touched him and jerked him out of this merging of minds, he heard the name, Sally Hernandez. Will opened his eyes to see his dad on the ground, hands shaking. Will, Will, please come back to me. And as Will looked up, the shadow left him to float in the air in the corner by Miss Billings' body. I'm okay, Dad, Will said with a smile. And before he could say anything else, his father pulled him into his arms and said, Thank Jesus! Oh my God, Will, you're okay! Will's shoulder was wet from where his dad was crying. I'm fine, Dad. Miss Billings just wanted to show me something, he said with all the calm assurance of a seven-year-old who had just learned a truth about the world. His father's head snapped up at that. Will, what do you mean? Miss Billings wants to be with her wife again, Dad. I think she died. Miss Billings is so lonely now. Will, his dad said slowly, Miss Billings didn't have a wife. Will frowned. She lived with someone she loved a lot, Dad. She was nice, and she laughed a lot. Her name was Sally Hernandez. We gotta make sure they're together now. Will's father frowned and said nothing. Will didn't let up on Sally, and Bill Graham did some research. He went as white as a sheet when he heard from a neighbor that Miss Billings had a roommate for years by the name of Sally Hernandez. Bill did his best to make sure they were buried in the same cemetery. Will sighed when his house came into view. The porch light called out like an old friend. When the car turned up gravel as he pulled into the drive, Will could hear barking. He frowned. His dogs were getting dinner later than they were used to tonight. When he opened the door, he was met with a rush of furry bodies welcoming him home. He knelt down and smiled as the dogs fought for who could lick him the most. I know, guys. I missed you, too, Will said, and then stood and went to the kitchen. He yawned as he prepared their dinner. He fed them and took them out. He was too tired from the day to even prepare something to eat himself, so he just changed and went to bed. As he drifted off, thoughts of a childhood spent with the dead floated in his head until he finally lost consciousness. In his dreams, he was filled with a longing so sharp it felt like a dagger to the gut. He needed it so badly. He had had it, and then it disappeared like it had never been there. He would do anything to get it back. The face of the woman from the graveyard was there begging him to let her go. But he would not. She was needed to bring back what he had lost. He brought out a knife and slit her throat and let the blood wash over him. He reveled in the feeling, for it meant he was one step closer to bringing back what he so desperately needed.